2: It is Monday, April 17. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is
0: Charlie Clawson. And Will, Gather Round has come to an end. It has ungathered. We have
2: scattered. (laughs) Scattered. (laughs) We've ungathered Gather Round. You've gathered, now fuck off. (laughs) What do you think? Raging success? I mean, not perfect. It could never be perfect. But it seemed like... There wasn't a lot of – it seemed like it was – like if you're saying is it a – success in the world of if you have to make a hard call one way or the other on whether this has been a raging success or it's been a raging failure, it is definitely closer to raging success than it is to failure.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean it felt like – it was interesting, yeah. even
2: before Gather Round had started, there were already calls to
0: move things to the MCG. <laughs>
2: I like heard this one a lot this week, MCG, which was, Damien you know Barrett. what Gather Round would be like that in Melbourne? One round one. I think that's that's but, what it would be, you bloody Victorians who run this competition. But they do kind of have a point. There's yeah. no real point having Gather Round in Melbourne because there are a lot of rounds in the AFL that are pretty much like Gather Round in Melbourne. Well, you'd think Gather Round,
0: Adelaide is the perfect city for <laughs> Gather Round perfect. because Victoria is overexposed. There's too much of a risk in Queensland or Sydney that no one would go. WA could also do a gather round and they kind of, you know, they did that, you know, with the grand final. They had their own gather
2: final series. Yeah, It was a compulsory gather round, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Shut the borders, get a disease in the community, have a gather round. But I did enjoy
0: it. Like I did enjoy the amount of Adelaide Cliches that were coming up. Like there was a lot of references. Oh, it reference.
2: was like the Adelaide fringe 20 years ago. Like literally all the commentators were making the same references you'd see in everybody's fringe show. They'd be like, How about those fruit chocks? Get yourself a Farmers Union nice Coffee. <laughs> like, what's going on with Adelaide? How many how many commentators did you see ziplining? <laughs> like over uh, the, the Torres? <laughs> it
0: was amazing. A personal
2: insult to junk time AFL and their love of that bridge across the Torrens. Yeah. I- <laughs> <laughs> in your
0: face I mean there was like There was a lot of uh, There was a lot of references This uh, one from Kelly Underwood Was my, my particular favourite
1: Here's a chance for Rainer And they are playing some sparkling footy In Adelaide's wine country Boo
2: Did you hear the one she went with earlier in the game where she was trying – because apparently they make jam up there as well and she was trying to make some reference to Berry being in his, like, home country saying it was jam country. I was like, Kelly, you are working overtime this weekend. Well, I've heard of champagne football.
0: Mm. Sparkling football? I guess, you know, it's not from the champagne region so it makes sense that it would be sparkling football.
2: Yeah, I think, yeah, that'd be great if somebody said – that's champagne football and I said oh, I think you'll find Dwayne that, that is that the football is actually not from the champagne <laughs> region of France so technically you can only refer to it as sparkling football but I kind of felt like with the
0: fox footy team in particular it was like a um, school camp like they're all away oh, from home I mean footy actually trip. In, trip. yeah they're actually in Adelaide for for games which is a rarity
2: I think that we I, but I think we've got to just like this is the bit of gather round that I just want to focus on for a minute that I enjoyed the most was all the footy media having a boys weekend. (laughs) Essentially, that's what it was like. You just felt like ex-footballers were getting the Rat Pack back together. And and this is why Adelaide is the perfect city for it, because what is really going to make Gather Round work is the Victorians wanting to go there. Because despite the fact that Melbourne is the spiritual home of football and every weekend is a Gather Round in Melbourne, Gather Round doesn't work unless you get the critical mass of victorians there as well to make it feel like it is that weekend away like if it is just all western australians or if it's just all queenslanders you don't have that sense of all these people who've traveled to town to be part of this carnival
0: yeah exactly and i mean i do feel like there was some um you know, someone like Jared Whateley felt like he was the, like he was all business. But then there was other people like Dermot Brereton. Like I like Dermy as a commentator. I find like you know he's quite articulate and his an interesting choice of words. But they did an interview with Mitch Owens, last week's Rising Star uh, nominee, and just. Decipher. If you're Mitch Owens, put yourself in Mitch Owens' boots. What is this question from Dermy? Jared uh, just said it before. You've done it all. I'm loving the fact that we've
2: got some sort of mid-sized, key position player who is isn't six-foot-five and just stands there like a light tower and waves. You actually show football craft and you've, you're an 11-game veteran you 're playing like you 've played one hundred and eleven have you lived and breathed football have you soaked in all the football being around Kai and the club rooms as a, a little pip squeak you it's like you've sucked in every bit of football information you 've ever walked into the room on. It's like Dermy sucked in a couple of nangs off stage before he's come on. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> it was Dermy at the Ramsgate before that interview?
0: What was that? Like poor old Nicholens. He's only, you know, he's a he's a rookie as it is anyway, you know, stunned by the bright lights of TV. Then that question gets served up to him. And <laughs> how do you answer that? Have you soaked in all the footy since you've walked into the room? You know what I would love about
2: what? that is Dermot would be being sued by Mark Robertson for ripping <laughs> off his material. That, that, that is, I mean, that to me is, I don't even know what the question was in the end. What What was the question? I don't know. I don't know. I've listened <laughs> to that clip like three
0: times and it was like, I, I'm sure there was a clip. Qu- there was some kind of um, Dermy coached Mitch Owens's brother or at least, right. you know, had something to do with Mitch Owens's older brother and remembers Mitch Owens as a little kid. Yeah. So I think the idea was, oh, you've been around football since you were a little kid. Have you taken – has all that influenced the way you play football now? I think – I think that's the point <laughs> he was trying to make in a very
2: ham-fisted way. I mean, that's Christmas ham-fisted. That's a ham <laughs> that the entire family can celebrate. And do we know what's going on with Robbo? Have
0: I missed the memo? Is he like, is he, is he unwell? Like the last- Ban qu- from Adelaide. Right. <laughs> He was so excited about going to Adelaide. But then the last clip we played of him was him appealing for help, just generally appealing for help. And now I'm worried (laughs) that something's happened to him because I haven't been able to find anything, like no Mm. reference to why he's not – Hasn't been on the desk for the last two
2: weeks. I mean, the one thing we know about Robbo is that he he won't have been arrested while trying to smuggle fruit across the border. So (laughs) I think we can rule that out. Uh, Maybe there just wasn't enough wine in Adelaide for Robbo (laughs) while he was there. They were worried they were going to run out of supplies. No, he's probably – I mean, I imagine he's probably got health issues again, right? He's been struggling a bit with his health. So when they don't mention it, you always imagine that – Th- that's no, probably that's what, what it
0: is. is. Uh, big winners from the weekend with the, with the Bombers. Um, I needed to ask you this because I know you've softened in your stance on the Demons. Uh, Broden Kelly, uh, who's been a guest on this show, uh, messaged me to ask why you hate the, hate the Demons so much.
2: <laughs> but do you still hate the Demons? Did you get any joy from watching them
0: lose to the Bombers this weekend?
2: Okay. Well, look, here's a place for honesty, this podcast, Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. If we're not one thing, Charlie, we're we're honest. We're honest to a fault. That's what I've always said about us. I thought... That when Broden asked that question, my immediate response was to be defensive and say, No, 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 I don't really hate Melbourne. I just get some pantomime joy in seeing the toss from the top end of town, like, you know, lose. And obviously there's that Bulldogs history. I, you know, it was when the Bulldogs won in 2016, the thing that we always said was, No one, even Sydney fans, at least at the time. They've grown a bit more resentful since. But <laughs> even Sydney fans at the time were very generous in saying, you know, good on you, you finally got to do this. And it was because no one really hated the Bulldogs because nobody had bad memories that had been created against the Bulldogs. And I don't have – I mean, I have a lot of bad memories when it comes to football. But when it comes to grand final <laughs> day, the only bad memory I have of grand final day Melbourne was there. So every time I say Melbourne, of course, I'm going to be triggered into that experience of like, you know, but I thought I had moved past it. I thought I was happy for Melbourne this season. I thought they were the best team in the competition. And I was like, you know what? If they go through and they win this this season, like I'm on board with this. This is going to be a good result. They deserve it. They've got Clayton Oliver's one of the best footballers I've ever seen in my entire life. You know, Max Gorn's amazing. Like, you know, there's a lot of players there I like. I was doing shows when that Essendon Melbourne game happened. It was completed by the time I got home that night. And you know what I did, Charlie? Oh, no. I sat and watched that game from start (laughs) to finish, knowing what the result was because I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it in all its glory. I wanted to study it, to enjoy it, to (laughs) slip it up. And I've got to say, I did. Congratulations, Essendon. I'm on
0: board. They looked a bit off, didn't they? Like, the fact that Clayton Oliver had barely touched the ball Mm. to halftime is I mean, he still got 30 touches by the end of the game. By the end of the game. Yeah, he warmed into it. But it was weird, isn't it? Because it's like, I don't know how... The Bombers have been coming for so Mm. long. Like, you know, they've got this list and they've just been trying to find the right coach. But it's very hard to trust them. Like, I know that they have, you know, beaten one of the flag favourites, but... Where are Melbourne? Like without Max Gorn, it's sort of hard to sort of say, is this really, you know, is this really the Melbourne that that we all know? No,
2: well, I think that's why you've got to enjoy it now. Because right. Melbourne are gonna be better again. When Lee like, I mean, Lever was a huge loss for them. Like yeah, he controls course. their entire background, back a back line, and then you've got Gorn. Like those guys are all coming back. Yeah. And so they will be a much better team again. So you've got to take the victories when you can get them, I think. I was also thinking too about Brad Scott
0: now being back in the coaching ranks with his brother and then, you know, the Mackay brothers and the King brothers. And it's like I don't follow many other codes, but does the AFL have a higher number of twins involved in the game? Like if you looked at other codes, are there are there lots of twins in every code or is does it feel unusually high
2: in the AFL? I, I think per capita, it feels like, like, you know, of people who play the game. Like, it, it is a family game. You know, obviously, we have this rich history of father son and, like, you know, now father daughter and mother daughter and all these things are going to be part of our game. This idea that, and I think because it is a uniquely Australian game and even just a uniquely focused in a few states in Australia game, that that idea that having someone in your family who plays. I always think that the Dacos kids aren't necessarily great because of genetics alone. They're great because of the fact that when they were growing up, they had Peter Dacos teaching them how to kick a football or how to, you know, where the football was going to go. They have this expert coach at home, and I think if you're a twin, like then you know that idea of like being able to compete in the backyard or like play together or whatever. The idea that you would get to the top level in a way, almost seems advantageous.
0: Yeah. Do you think, though, like there should be, like the father-son rule, there should be the twin rule? Like if you draft Harry, you get Ben, you know? If you hire Brad, you get Chris. Like why not make it sort of like more, let's take advantage of the fact that we have such prominence twins in the game. It's too fun. Mm-hmm. You get a twofa. Let's make sure the twins never get to have their
2: own separate identities. Never. <laughs> <laughs> we dress them the same. They've got to have the same haircuts, the, the one, same facial hair. The one thing their parents did when they were four, because it was cute <laughs> to dress them the same. We want you to commit you to fifteen years of that. Please sign this contract. It's compulsory. Well, I'm trying
0: to think of like twins, like the Wakeland brothers. For a brief time, mm. played for St Kilda. They were in the same team. But has there been have there been twins in other? who've played in the same team
2: there must have we're been we're all there. desperate to get the twins back together I think that's yeah, the thing we want to get the King can, boys together yeah. they want to get the Mackay's together yeah like as soon as they're twins there's something in all our brains that says let's get them back together yeah. they cannot be separate <laughs> they'll love it <laughs> yeah we won't ask them but we just know we, they'll love it we believe they would like to play at the same time because they are the same person well, so, but with the Scots if you were going to have the compulsory twins rule would it be compulsory for them to be coaching the same team like would they have to be co-coaches yeah Of the same team, or is it okay for them to coach separate teams?
0: Yeah, it's a different one with the coaches. I'm just wondering, because I can't imagine Mm. Brad would like to be an assistant for Chris or vice versa. No. They'd have to be co-coaches. That's never happened, though, has it? Well, you know what you could have is, like, that Paul Ruse mentor-type role, where, like, director of coaching. (laughs) The older brother. Who's older? Who's older out of Chris and Brad? They get to be the mentor. (laughs) You mentioned the Dacos uh, brothers before, just quickly, on the on the, uh, yeah. the Saints-Pies um, uh, game. I Okay, so we didn't tag Nick Dacos. That's clearly you know uh, no. a decision-winning hit. So he got 40 touches. So maybe in retrospect. Yeah, 40,
2: 42, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ross tweeted about not letting him get 41 last week, and so he got 42 this week. But watching the way they
0: kick the ball, because you, you were saying before Peter Dacos taught them how to kick, the amount of times they don't actually – like, because they because it was a high pressure game, so there was not a lot of time to kind of like you know f- to finesse. But they, you watch the ball drop of both the Daycost boys, and they very rarely kick just like a regular drop punt. Mm. They just kick the ball and bend it in the direction they want it to go in. Like it's amazing. Mm. Like they just yeah. they they kick it like it's a soccer ball. It's like it doesn't. I know it's an oval shape, but I'm just gonna get it on my boot. And just by the where I kick it and, and how I'm gonna direct it, the ball's gonna go in the direction I want. Like Nick
2: Dacos almost kicked a Yeah, it feels like it feels like they were never yeah. taught how to kick a drop punt or like But a, they're more accurate kicking it however they wanna do it. Like Nick Dacos almost kicked a goal. Well, <laughs> that that's the method. Do the yeah. kick that gets it in that thing over there. Like, that's how they learnt to kick. Like, it's basically like, do the kick that lands it on the chair, do the kick that lands it on the shelf, do the kick that goes straight to that guy. But but they're
0: incredible. Like, their foot skills, both of them, both Josh and Nick, they they get such distance with their kicks off, like, one or two steps. And it's like... I mean, I wasn't disappointed with the loss yesterday, but like, I'd be, like, my team would be good if we had a Nick Dacos, my team would be amazing if we had a Nick and a Josh Dacos, like, it's, it's the Rioli principle again, it's unfair, everyone it, should get a Dacos, that's It my-
2: annoys me, this is what I, when Darce, Luke Darcy, um, constantly said, oh, you know, I don't do a lot of coaching with Sam Darcy, like, you know, I keep out of his way, I'm letting him have his own life, <laughs> fuck that shit, <laughs> here's a movie you've got to watch, Darce, it's called King Richard, yeah. this is how you make a kid a champion.
0: Now, I, uh, I raised the question last week, um, are the Crows back, Will?
2: Mm-hmm. Are the Crows back? Oh, yeah, the Crows are back.
0: Yeah, man. They look good. They look really good. I mean, I felt like my read on Carlton is that they've been cruising a little bit in the, in the first four rounds, and then they got this huge wake-up call. But they're so exciting to watch the Crows. And do you remember, too? It only felt like a year or maybe two years ago and, and we were definitely part of this, where Isaac Rankin was not living up to his potential. That how did we, how did this guy go number three in the draft? He's a flashy icing type player. He's no
2: good. And now you just look at him and you're like, this guy could be the best forward in the game. Oh yeah, no doubt. He didn't even have a great game and he still had a good game. Like and that's yeah. what he didn't used to do. Like, you know, he used to be that sort of all or nothing. And part of it might have been just like he was younger and he was playing for the Suns. Like he's got a lot more talent around him now to step up but yeah I'm I'm on board with Adelaide because Adelaide play exciting footy like it's it's really fun to watch Adelaide I'm glad that they're you know particularly for that round like they came into it knowing what that game was they knew that they were the Adelaide team this was gather round in Adelaide this wasn't just ordinary round five this was They might not play finals this year. This might be as close to playing a final as they get to play this year. They needed to show off their best. And they were... They were sparkling. I, I oh. quote Kelly Underwood. They were sparkling, Charlie, like the wine of the region, sparkling. And I feel like you
0: and I were kind of making jokes about Jordan Dawson at the start of the year, mm-hmm. like, oh, give this guy the captaincy after one year. What's right. going on in Adelaide? That's not a good sign. I'll look to show you how much oh, we yeah. know. It's a great sign. He's a natural born leader. <laughs> he's incredible. And he's got a brother.
2: It turns out he's got a brother too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, they're amazing. I mean, like I said, I reckon Carlton, uh, they, they've they been idling. That was the wake-up call. But I mentioned last week that Harry Mackay, like now that Joe Danaher seems to have gone into the ruck and has tidied up his eccentricities a little bit. The new bit, Joe. I feel like yeah. Harry Mackay is like like flying the flag for eccentric tall forwards. Um, there was a great bit of commentary where he ran into an open goal and missed, and this is Alistair Nicholson's call.
2: Fisher Mckay must finish. Wants to bend it through. I'll know. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! It's the, I'll know. Oh no! Oh <laughs>
0: no! More of that, please. Like I think we need these. Like because the thing about a power forward is they are physically intimidating. Yeah. And so when they
2: do something <laughs> that is like so goofy and unco, you just got to celebrate it. That's what I say. I mean, I like to see Champion data put in a new category of stats, which is the oh-no's. Yeah. How many oh-no's did this player have in a particular game? Kick five goals, head three oh-no's. Well, it's funny.
0: We've mentioned Kelly a couple of times, but there was a moment where Joe Danaher was lining up for goal in the Brisbane North game. (laughs) She said, Joe, lining up for goal, what's going through his head? None of us know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, it's a small head. Not a lot of information can fit inside there. But also, do we ever know what's going through a player's head? Does Kelly Underwood most of the time have the gist of what's going through a player's head? I think Ben Cunnington, I've got a fair idea what's
0: going on. And I think during that game, if you watched, if you did some (laughs) lip reading, you knew what was going through Ben Cunnington. I reckon... After that game, if you were like a, a 30 games or less player at North Melbourne, you would you would be putting phone books under your jumper because a gut punch is coming to you after that game. He was <laughs> spewing. Like every time, like because Brisbane were killing him, but every time a player wasn't marking yeah. up or, you know, they do a changeover and it wasn't t- taken up, just Ben Cunnington would just be pointing and yelling at someone on that team.
2: He's turned into a Clint Eastwood character. He's just yes. an old man who yells at teenagers. <laughs>
0: He's an old man, he's like 28 something. <laughs> but he looks older than us.
2: <laughs> I'd be respectful of him. If I met him, I'd be like, "Yes, sir."
0: <laughs> yeah, it was funny too. Like uh like where do you put North now? Like they 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 sort of had that They're okay. Yeah. They had that kind of start that was the feel good kind of start to the year. Mm. But then a game like that. Brisbane I don't know if it's just like they flick the switch and suddenly they're, they're good again or if they've just had a, a good – like it's a Gabba followed by a kind of bottom four team. Is that like – Well, I mean, I think
2: I think North are a bottom four team, but they're just a bottom four team on the rise. Like if you're a North fan, there's so much to like. Like they played a really good first quarter. Like they were competitive. They Then Simpkin went off who is – like North are at a stage where if they don't have LDU – and Simpkin playing at the same time, which they've had a couple of times this season. They're just not good enough. They don't have enough depth to be able to do what it is that they need to do. But there's a lot of good signs. They've got a lot of gun young players i mean shezel's unstoppable like their forward line's got so much talent you can see the rest of their game plan coming together i just don't think i mean i think this is exactly the game that brisbane needed though it, it was what that one where they were challenged enough in the first quarter and then they put the foot down and just blew them away uh and then you saw the moment before the
0: game heartwarming uh where alistair mm. clarkson gave uh, chris fagan a bit of a cuddle
2: like, do you think? The mm, fright nearly gave him a heart attack, as far as I can see. You can't frighten an old man like that, sneak up behind him and surprise him. Do you think he is the kind of coach you can give a
0: cuddle to? Like, we saw that clip last yeah. year of Mitch Robinson almost killing him at training mm. by jumping on his back after kicking a goal. Like, mm. uh, there's certain coaches, you know, you're not mucking around with Bevo, you're not mucking around with Ross Lyon, but I feel like with Fags, you could probably go out and give him a cuddle.
2: I mean, I touched him on the arm uninvited. Yeah, Which is almost he, the cuddle. Did he you know, seem that? I mean, like-, <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, he still is – like, I know he's been around for a long time, but he still is, like, such an outlier <laughs> when it comes to the coaching ranks. Like, just – he seems so much older than everyone. Like, he's probably only, what, five, ten years older than Ross Lyon, but he seems – like like – I think Ross has got some rinse going through his hair. I mean, how, how much older than Ken Hinckley would he be? Hey, Mark, podcast, Mike, can you look up the ages of Ken Hinckley and Chris Fagan? I would say that, what do you reckon? I say five years older
2: than the next oldest coach. Yeah, that 10? probably is about right. So, I don't think he'd be 10 years older than Ken Hinckley, would he?
0: Well, Ross Lyon's like 50. Have you got the have You got the answers, Mike?
1: I've got the answers. Do you want okay, them? Okay, great. Yes, please. Let's okay, tell so us. Okay, so Ken Hinckley is 56. Yep. Yep. Chris Fagan is sixty one. Yeah, five oh, years there you exactly. Go, five years. Oh, nice.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know what that, what kind of, I mean, where that fits into football expertise. Being able to guess the age
2: differences—that's <laughs> the first thing we've ever got right. The <laughs> two <between laughs> oldest coaches. Uh, well, um, the Swans and the Tigers on Friday right, night. Just on the hug. Can I oh, just yeah. say that just while we're talking about the hug? Like, do you think that because that hug was so public and so joyous? that it rubs in the fact that there was no interaction between Sam Mitchell and Alistair Clarkson in the game they played against There was no similar hug. I don't know if it rubs
0: it in. I mean, do you think like Clarko being the master of psychological warfare, do you think it was a
2: deliberate act to say, hey, this is a dude I like and I definitely don't like you? Well, I've told you before about when I've seen my father play with his grandchildren and I asked my mum, did he ever play with us like he played with them? And she's like, nah. No, no, he didn't. He was. There is a little bit of you that it does hurt. You're like, I would have loved that. And I think that there's, yeah, I think there's got to be a bit of Sam Mitchell that, like, it's it's one thing not to interact with Sam Mitchell before the game if you're not interacting with anyone before the game, but if you're going up and giving Fags a big cuddle publicly, then it does feel like a bit of a statement.
0: I mean, it'd be amazing if it turns out that all this kind of friction between Sam Mitchell and Alistair Clarkson is just comes down to, he never gave me a hug. Like this is daddy
2: issues <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Why would he just hug me? Just touch me. Just cuddle me I mean, me,
0: aren't like Hardwick and Alistair Clarkson also really good mates? Like I remember like once a year they have like a meeting with the CEO of the AFL, Gill, and there's they always arrive together. I think like Bevo rather than his skateboard one <laughs> right year. I just remember like like Channel 9 footage or something of the yeah. coaches arriving. And Alistair Clarkson and, and Dimmer, like, arrived in the same car. So, yeah, you maybe you're right. Like, you don't even see Brad and Chris Scott hugging after a game. No. So that is a very deliberate, uh, yeah, I think maybe you're right. I think he is sending a message.
2: Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, he's like, look at how good my life is now. Yeah. i am better off without you. <laughs>
0: uh, let's look at the Swans. Um, it was a Tom Papley show. On Friday night. So good. I think maybe I was chatting to a a mate on the weekend who was like, oh, God, like he's such an amazing player, but I just can't like him. It's just that his his reactions just put me off. And I think that maybe subconsciously that's feeding into my dislike Uh of the pies. And so I raised this on Twitter on Friday. Of the Swans. Oh, Sorry, of the Swans. There is a uh, a wrestler in the AEW, which is the main rival to the WWE at the moment, called MJF, Maxwell um, Jacob Friedman, who is the number one heel in any wrestling organization at the moment. And he bears a striking resemblance <laughs> to Tom Bapley. He's kind of yeah. shortish. He's like 5'10". He's short for a wrestler, but he has the same kind of head and he and he carries himself with the same kind of arrogance. And he has a tagline, which is, I'm better than you and you know it. <laughs> And I know Tom Papley has never said those <laughs> words, but in my mind there is a correlation between the world's greatest heel, the most loathed heel currently in wrestling, and Tom Papley. I
2: love the way he plays football. Uh, I think he, this is how you love him. You love to hate him. Like that's that's part of it. He's classic small forward. If you're building a small forward from scratch, this is all you want from your small forward is like – he always feels like he like it's just he, that speed he moves with it always feels like an injection into the game. His celebrations are unrivaled. Like I just think that like for all people's bows and arrows and backflips and whatever else they might be doing it's just the absolute arrogance and all about him that he brings to his celebrations that like he's the only guy who runs faster in the celebration than he does (laughs) in attacking the ball to get it to kick a goal in the first place like it's the best like i I and it's it's the 10
0: year old who's had too much red cordial Like energy, that's what it is. And
2: I heard him interviewed on Saturday and he sounds like the nicest bloke, but he also sounds like a 10-year-old. Like he does sound like a 10-year-old who loves playing footy and loves celebrating and like just that's exactly what he comes across as. Yeah, and his goal sense is unbelievable. Like the way
0: that he just knows. I mean they were showing some vision um, on Friday night after the game of – like how he gets into position and then he just can read the fall of the ball so well and that's when he accelerates and it's kind of like you just when you're playing against someone like that, there is no defending him because he's just too smart like his timing is his is flawless he just he just jogs up to the 50 and then he just reads the fall of the ball so well and then he finishes so well, but it's just I
2: don't know like but what can I say what I loved about yeah. his game like is honestly that, Because, like, those goals were amazing. Like, that was the icing on the cake. But that used to be all Papley's game was just icing. Like, there was never any cake. And in the first half of that game, when things were a lot tighter, he went into the middle and, like, made some really significant contributions in the middle. And I'm like, fuck, he's added that Mm. to his game as well, plus the six goals. He's a – I mean, he's a gun, Papley. He was – this close to going to Carlton four years ago. Do you remember that I, he requested? I a bet trade. Blues fans remember
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually remember why he didn't get across. I think it might have been mm-hmm. he got held to his contract by the Swans or, or something like that. But geez, like
2: talk about your sliding doors. Swans are good at that, by the way, aren't they? They because didn't they do that with um oh, what was the name the guy who was going to go to Horton and then ended up winning their best and fairest and played in the um he was a Gun Swans player as well. Ah oh, fuck. Um, but anyway, they're good at keeping people, the Swans. Well, well I not, reckon, jo- like- not Jordan Dawson. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was one that got away. They wanted to keep him. Well, where would they put him, though? Because they've got Warner. Yeah. Who's, like, I mean- He's a guy. 23 years old and
0: is, like, top 10 players in the game. He reminds me a bit. I know everyone's talking about um, Dacos being Judd-like, but I see- <laughs> more Judd in chad warner and the way he just you know he does that acceleration oh he just seems amazing. to get away from players when there is no room to do it and he's got these really long strides where he it's actually a bit bont-like as well it just sort of
2: lopes out of packs it's like you can't put a hand on him no he i mean he's an incredible player he's turned into and there's two of them a, now yeah i know <laughs> oh do you see his brother kicked a, a goal and uh, yeah, yeah. he was on the bench couldn't get around him. Is it your responsibility? I was thinking about this when I was watching the game. Would it be a better sacrifice, like, you know, good team presence, if in that moment, much like all twins should have to play together, if a brother's on the field and he kicks his first AFL goal in that situation, should one of the other players, Sydney Swans players, run towards the bench so that, like, he could go on and celebrate with his brother?
0: Yeah, well, Tom Papley, we know he's quick.
2: <laughs> yeah, just to- <laughs> Just get Tom Paplin to do one of his post-goal celebration he, sprints to the bench. He's not in the business of celebrating somebody else's goal, so yeah. he can just sprint straight to the bench. We are two guys, one uh,
0: It was a bit of spite towards the end of the game. Like The Tigers mm. seem to kind of be getting a bit shirty. I mean, they have a lot of... You know, we always talk about that expendables factor with some teams, like when they're in this sort of twilight and you've got a few players who are just kind of like, I've uh, uh, so got a little cameo happening on
2: the show from your sister's dog. From, oh, yes, it's my sister's dog, Indy, has decided she wants to be involved. She's got any footy opinions? Any footy opinions in it? Her opinion is that she hasn't been for a walk yet. That's her opinion. <laughs> She's trying to lick your <laughs> she, microphone. She <laughs> should really
0: go for a walk. Is <laughs> her opinion. Uh, there was an interesting exchange that happened uh, before the game. Now, uh, last week, very shirty Dimmer talked about how uh, he's been watching the broadcast and they're not very good. And so, yes, <laughs> not very good.
2: All of them. He's been watching, listening, and consuming all forms of broadcast, and none of them are any good. So that was brought up with him this week.
1: Now tonight on Fox, we've got Lyon, Brown, Buckley, Lewis and Pavlich. Would you say they're great oh. broadcasters or not great? <laughs> Are they on tonight? Oh, the medicinal marijuana, definitely by the time I watch that replay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been using that because that's, that's how I get through. Tim, thanks for your time. Good luck tonight. Thanks, guys.
2: Have a good night. Is he joking about the medicinal mar- marijuana or the fact that he'll need it when he listens to you? Well, I don't think it? he means smoking a couple of joints tonight, but I think he's I not... I not I he's I think that's exactly
0: what he means, Jonah. Like, I have never heard anyone so sound so out of touch as Gary Lyon uh, straight after that. Was he talking about, was he joking about needing to take marijuana or actually smoking marijuana?
2: Everybody knows he's on medicinal marijuana. It's been a public story yeah. that he's using it. A- the, the big story he there is, is Kath Lachlan also like admitted yeah. that she needs it as well. Needs a little bit of it. I don't know if Cass was joking or whether she was like, she's on the bongs at night as well. But like Dimmer's seriously doing it. And I love that. I'm That gets me right back on, not that I was off board on Dimmer. I've always been a Dimmer fan. But like the idea of Dimmer sitting down to watch the replay and like, you know, just having a joint and doing it is like, I'm like, Dimmer and I, not so different, you know? <laughs>
0: What? Well, I mean, think about like yeah. you've been called into 360. Oh. You know you've got to sit next to Robbo. You know he's going to like hit you with some bizarre questions. You might as well just get into a different framework. You've got to get on Robo's level.
2: You've got to expand your mind a little bit. Exactly. Well, you're never going to get – that's your safety barrier. You know you're never going to get to Robo's level, regardless of how much weed you yeah. spoke beforehand. <laughs> Uh, Now let's turn our attention to
0: Port and the Dogs. Okay, yes. Um, uh, uh, Disappointing loss to the Dogs in the end. Probably the worst conditions of the round. Like that was some torrential rain (laughs) that we
2: saw in the Dogs game. It was one of those ones that was sad to lose, but you weren't – like it didn't make you walk away completely despondent. The Bulldogs had a good chance to win it, and then that Adelaide factor and the weather factor, like they just – it was just – we just weren't quite good enough in the end. But – we we had a couple of key players out as well, and um, it was good to see Waitman back. He played really well, I thought. And look, yeah. you know, I'm just I'm a Ken Hinkley fan, and just seeing all those players like hugging Ken Hinkley in front of the Port supporters who all hate Ken Hinkley yeah. again, I, it was almost
0: worth it for that moment. <laughs> well, Ken Hinkley uh, had a bit to say after the game about the booing of Jason Horn Francis. Without making a big deal, if the kid's trying. He's giving his best. It's 19. Stop treating him like he's 28 and treat the kid with some respect. And, and i tell you what, some people who put pressure on kids in this game need to have a good hard look at themselves. You know who's been putting pressure on this kid? Kane Corns. Kane Corns, Port Adelaide legend Kane Corns. Like, Kingy made this point on the first crack. Yeah, but
2: Kingy was saying last week, like, Kane Corns started this. Mm. Well, King Kingy might, might have said it last week. We said it fucking late news. <laughs> Kingy, we said it three weeks ago on this show.
0: We did. But it is interesting how – because I was Kane, – Kane, again, like he's just these little chips at North Melbourne, even in his like um, – what's that show they do on the Saturday night, the other uh, round so far, where he was talking about the Brisbane North game. And, you know, he wrapping it up, he's going, well, the victory lap is well and truly over. And it's like, that was your words, mate. Like they never came – Sonia Hood never yeah. came out and said we're doing a victory lap. <laughs>
2: like you, you create no, the narrative –
0: The thing that I created is now over. It's insane. It's the same with the Jason Horn Francis thing. Like Kane's like, oh, this is disgraceful by the North Mm. fans, you know, booing him because he didn't take an ice bath. Mm. You're the one who brought up the ice
2: bath, Kane. Mm. This is your narrative. Also, they're mostly booing you because you're on his side. <laughs> you're not helping. Uh, but, yeah, Cody Waitman, back, that
0: makes a real difference. Oh, can
2: we just say on the booing, though, like, I mean, I know that it should go without saying, but it's dumb and stop it. And because the Bulldogs were involved in that game. Like, he's a gun player and, like, he – like he was, yeah you know, basically the difference in the final quarter, honestly. he had played he hadn't had a great game, but he had a great final quarter and he's just a kid, and I couldn't agree with Ken Moore like it's time to stop booing him and like this is not fun for anyone anymore. Let's let's stop it.
0: Well, the great thing about AFL fans is w- what we've shown over the years mm. is that we only yeah. boo, the most, deserving- not to boo. <laughs> <laughs> the most deserving people. You know, it's like we're excellent oh. judges of character and it's only the most deserving people who get booed. I mean, it's amazing. We just find the most vulnerable, the yeah. most undeserving victims and we boo the
2: shit out of them. Yeah, like he's a kid who wanted to go home to his family. Boo! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Cody Waitman though, um,
0: uh, awesome. It's so good to have him back. Like it's weird, isn't it, that we were looking at the Bulldogs preseason and we're like, oh, they, they got, they, they're all, they got, their, they solved their height problems, but it
2: turns out you didn't need a height. You needed the tick, Cody, the tick Waitman. Back. Well, the problem is that it's all well and good to have tall people, but once they like knock it to the ground, you've got to get somebody to get it, and he is clearly, I mean, he's our. You know, he's our Ginevan, he's our Papley, he's our, you know, our forward line is much better with him in it, without a doubt. Yeah. But footy's much better with him in it. He's a, like a, a good character of football, I think.
0: Yeah, and also uh, he was involved in one of the best bits of commentary for the week with a, a goal review moment.
1: Have we put the edge technology in player's shins? Not yet. That chip
0: in the ball, that'll be interesting. We'll put chips and everything else, don't we? Love chips. <laughs>
1: Just Hamish. What, yes. Hamish just turned into
2: Homer Simpson. I love chips. <laughs> what is going on? I love chips. Gather round's been fun, guys. <laughs> what has happened? Did like dimmers? medical marijuana get passed around? Can we, can we Can we play that? That was like a podcast. Like literally what you just played me sounded like a podcast from 10 years ago. Can we just play that clip again? Have
1: yeah, we put the edge technology in player's shins? Okay. Good. That chip in the ball.
2: That'll be interesting. We'll, yeah, chips and everything else, don't we? We do. <laughs> <laughs> that might be my favourite conversation I've ever heard because it started with a wee- weird premise yep. for a start, which is Chip in the yep. shed. And then it moves on to you know a bit more of your your classic you know well they're bloody putting chips in everything these yeah. days aren't they all the way I to love chips I love chips it's <laughs> more Anchorman that's what it is it's not
0: podcast it's like I love lamp <laughs> I love chips I love chips I mean they are at the home of chicken the chicken salt <laughs> sign so maybe maybe that Amish is getting a bit angry but it was just so weird. Like, I mean, do you think he was referring to. I mean, the, the discussion was around microchips. And then he says, I love Micro chips. Microchips. But yeah. does he love microchips yeah. or does he love like fish and chips? Yeah, loves them. He's, no, he's got a microchip in his head right now. It's a little faulty. Uh, the Giants of the Hawks was the best finish of the round. Harry Himmelberg, mark of the year, one and two. No one's taken it off him, are they? No, I mean. Unless Jeremy Howe can make it back by the end of the year, but yeah. I don't think that's likely. I
2: mean, or unless Jerry, Jeremy Howe makes it back in a full arm cast and still <laughs> manages to take a mark, then we'll give him a car. But otherwise, yeah. I mean, Himmelberg's like, he is a, I mean, he's one of those players, Himmelberg, where he, he, sh- he, he should be better, better than he is. Yeah. Because his best is
0: so good. Well, you know what it is though? It's the haircut. He finally mm. ditched the, the, the top knot and he's got yeah. like a sensible haircut and now he's playing good footy. And I, a friend of the show, Alex Williams, who's been trying to push this nickname for years of the disaster artist, you know, you know this, yeah, still not right. Like we need a new nickname for Harry Himmelberg. Yes. I mean, Harry Himmelberg sounds a bit like a literary character anyway. Like, you know, it's either a superhero kind of character with easy alliteration or it's some kind of, like, I don't know, Raymond Carver, private uh, private detective, Harry Himmelberg. Well, I mean, that might be lost on the
2: AFL community, though, I think. So <laughs> can we just dumb it down a little, keep it simple? I'm thinking more like, you know, we had Triple H. Do we know what Harry Himmelberg's middle name is? Podcast Mike, if there's any information available on the internet, can we see if we can find out what Harry Himmelberg's middle name is? Because ha- if it happens to... Himmelberg. I mean, there's a chance it starts with an H, right? Himmelberg, iceberg, Titanic, Leo, <laughs> king of the world. Uh, Himmelberger. Like it could be that Himmelburger's a better Hungry Jack's. Uh, yeah, Jack. Yeah. We call him Jack. What's his middle name, Michael?
0: <laughs> it's George. HGH. <laughs> human growth hormone. Oh,
2: there we go. It's <laughs> human growth. It was right there in front of our eyes. <laughs> Hdh, he's now literally I- growing <laughs> right in front of our eyes. H-D-H. How did Hdh go on the again? <laughs> Got to get on the Hdh.
0: <laughs> oh, too many players are in the Hdh. If you ask me, oh. um, that's brilliant. Uh, that's definitely his nickname, <laughs> Mike. Um, we'll, we'll keep you on camera because it's time for our segment, Mike Check. One
1: two, one two. Check, Mike Check, Mike Check.
0: Now your head must be spinning, podcast Mike. Your beloved Bombers are mm. second mm. on the ladder. Uh, playing some inspired football. It's, it's been a long time coming, wouldn't you agree?
2: Well, I was just going to say, it's not just Podcast Mike's bigger year of football, it's the Essendon Football Club's bigger year of football. That's what I'm saying.
1: I actually think I am Essendon's good luck charm. Well, it's- I'm not
2: ruling it out. <laughs>
1: No, but I I, I sent Charlie a a screenshot of the ladder (laughs) over the weekend, St Kilda 1st, Essendon 2nd, and I was like, can you believe this? You know, like, we've both just been waiting for this day for so long, right? And (laughs) and like, we're finally at, like, I wouldn't actually rule Mm. out an Essendon-St Kilda grand final. I know I said (laughs) it would be Collingwood-Melbourne, but I actually think it could be Mm -hmm. Essendon-St Kilda can I actually bring one thing as I learn more about AFL this year? Oh, God. Obviously, last year on the podcast, there was a kind of like a big mishap around the Essendon mascot, who we learned was a mosquito, not a fighter plane. Do you guys know, I'm sure you do, but all of the club mascots have names? Did you know that? Yes.
0: I think we've done an episode on this previously, but but no, 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 but uh, let's, let's refresh because, well, I know that, I know that um, the Saints uh, mascot is Trevor, right?
1: Yeah, Trevor St. Kilda. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. the name oh, of the- Oh, I didn't the... realise that was
0: his last name.
1: <laughs> no, no, he's, he's, his middle name is Saint. His surname <laughs> is Kilda. His name is Trevor Kilda. Trevor Kilda. his oh, middle name is Saint. That sounds- <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Kilda. Yeah, that's terrible. What happened to your mum, Trevor Kilda? Oh, Trevor St. Kilda. It's fine. Yeah, Trevor like... St. <laughs> so do you know the name of the Bulldogs mascot?
2: Uh, woofer? Is it? Yep. W- oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and there's a dog called Sid as well. Do
1: you know Woofer's middle name and surname,
2: though? Oh, okay. Oh, is it is it Woofer Bulldog? C-
1: that's close.
2: Um, okay. Woofer B Dog.
1: No, so dog is not the surname. <laughs> dog is w- one of them, it's the middle name. So his name is Woofer
2: uh. Bulldog. Um and Witten is it like a famous? It, it's Woof a Dog like, Witten. Woof a Dog. Ah, oh, there you go.
0: The, but that kind of suggests that Bulldogs legend Ted Witten fathered a mutant child, <laughs> like like <laughs>
2: copulated with a Dead, dog and had this half human Ted Witten. Fuck the mascot, the old mascot. <laughs> yeah, and they the, had uh, a mascot uh, baby. <laughs> An Ill-
0: illegitimate island of Doctor Moreau, monster
2: child. They're all Ted Whitten's illegitimate children are called Woofer. Like you know, the, 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 when the Royals would have illegitimate children, they all had the same last name. Can, can we do one
1: more? Can we do? Yeah, like, please. So sure. the mascot of the Lions. Do we uh-huh. know his name? It's obviously a um, lion.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. It's um
2: Brian.
1: It's not Brian the lion. <laughs> No, I do know this
2: because he
0: was moral. He's modelled on Daryl White because he had the white sunglasses. It's um, right? It's it got a Hollywood reference in there or something. It's not a Hollywood
1: no. reference, okay. but it is a USA reference. Lion. yeah. And then named after. Give us a hint. Okay, so it's like imagine um. you were in America and you wanted to like. Gamble. Sorry, that probably gives it away. <laughs>
2: yeah. Las Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. The Las
1: Vegas, Las Vegas. And then he's, yeah. na- his first name. Ber- Benny Vegas, Bernie Vegas. It's Bernie Gabba Vegas. Bernie Gabba Vegas.
0: <laughs> Bris Vegas, clearly that's the reference.
1: I find it so fun that there's such a established law behind the AFL mascots. I think there was
0: even- a limited, I think they did like a comic book series or a cartoon series with the mascots, like the adventures of each of the mascots. I think for, uh, this is what I'm Amazing. vaguely remembering from when we previously touched on this, but yeah, there is a fascinating history. What's the um, do you have the Suns? Does, does he have a, a name?
1: Uh, they have two Sunny Ray and Sky,
0: mm. yeah, about as underwhelming as the Suns themselves. <laughs> <laughs>
1: The Carlton mascot, of course, is Captain, Captain Carlton. Carlton yeah. What do you think his mm-hmm. superpowers would be?
0: Um, um, disappointing his fans <laughs> <laughs> year after year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's my little deep dive into the AFL mascots.
0: Oh, that was great. Good, mate. That was well, good, guys. Um, that was good stuff. Uh, a regular segment on Mike Check is we get uh, people to write in with a, a different mm. AFL vernacular for for Mike to decode. So I've got a couple here. This is from Mork. Who says, uh, Mike, what are the collie wobbles?
1: Ooh, that is the, a known phenomenon in which there was a period of time where Collingwood players would just be missing kicks. Like, they'd just be kicking it really wonky and wobbly, so they called it the Collie Wobbles.
2: I oh, mean, it's not it's not bad. Like, it's not it's not entirely correct, but you're, like, at least in the vicinity. I mean, it's not a million miles off. <laughs> yeah, there was
0: a period of time in which Collingwood couldn't win a grand finals, finals or grand finals. Through the 70s and 80s, I believe, that's where it sort of it took hold. That was the Collie Wobbles okay. that they would get to. The
2: idea that they were often the best team in the competition but couldn't get it done yeah. at the business end of the competition. It was the Collie Wobbles. Uh Campbell wants to know what is Eddie's
0: pocket?
1: That's obviously uh it's it's not about Eddie Maguire, that's for sure. No, that it's no, actually it's a, about it's the
0: actual, I mean probably the opposite of Eddie Maguire in a lot of ways. <laughs> I was gonna really. say is,
1: is Eddie's pocket what <laughs> funds the Collingwood Football Club because there's so much money in it? Or, <laughs> that, that, um, no, uh is it Eddie is it to do the, with it, Eddie Betts? I'll give you a hint.
0: Yes. And it's correct. it's a
1: pocket on the field where he would often score a lot of goals from that specific Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mark, yeah. well
0: like you can add in a little well ding, ding 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 okay. sound
2: and post <laughs> because that was that was great. I think that's your best one yet. <laughs> Thank you. For a bonus for a bonus point, what state was Eddie's pocket located in?
1: South Australia.
2: Oh well done. Yeah. This is good. Because he played this is for good.
1: Adelaide, didn't he?
2: He also played for Carlton for half of his career as well. So, yeah, that was actually
0: one of the more heartwarming moments of the of the gather round was Eddie on the boundary line for Carlton Adelaide and getting cheered by both Carlton and Adelaide fans. Like, if there's any doubt that he's the most one of the most beloved figures to have ever played yeah. the game, like, how often does that happen where supporters of both clubs cheer the one player? Yeah, I know it's it's probably the only time it's ever happened. <laughs> Um, all right, let's take a look at some of our favourite okay. moments uh, of commentary from the week. Now, Alistair Nicholson, we didn't even know who this guy was um, at the start of the season. He's already featured once with Harry Mackay. Uh, here he is trying to make a name for himself with uh, Adelaide player Ben Keys.
1: No,
2: didn't have the penetration, but there he is again. Give him the keys to the city. Keys has kicked three again against the Blues. Right place, right time. Mm. Yeah.
0: Keys to the city. I mean... there's Because what happens, right, is it tends to fall into this is a pre-prepared one that you've thought of, and then there's the
2: improv one. So I always mark them down for a, yeah. for a pre-prepared one. I mean, one. keys to the city is pretty obvious. It's almost like you wouldn't even need to pre-prepare it. It's almost like a standard... I like that he kept the restraint to to the third one. I feel like if he's gone in too pre-prepared on that, that you might have spent keys to the city on goal one or goal two. He's waited until goal three to drop it in, which is when you might consider – got to be honest with you, if you're going to give someone keys to the city, probably five goals minimum. Otherwise, oh, yeah. everybody's really? got to set a keys yeah, to the city, true. you know what I mean? Yeah, there's people who have kicked three goals on debut. They're not getting the keys yeah, to the city. Keys to the city. Otherwise, like your city is very insecure because there's all these <laughs> random <laughs> AFL players who've got keys to it. I mean, it is Adelaide, so maybe three goals does count as keys to the city in Adelaide. I mean, you just don't want random Adelaide players rocking up your house in the middle <laughs> of the night and coming in, I don't think. Uh, now, Anthony Hudson, Hutto, Um Yes,
0: Again, I can't quite place him where he sits in the kind of commentator landscape. Is he colour? Is he serious? Like him and Howie seem to kind of like straddle
2: both. They've got a foot in both worlds. A little bit of both. But I would say that both of them are better at being straight but sound fun. Yeah. That when they stray into the area of like, Hutto tries to go a bit Dueno. Yeah. And is very good at being Huddo, yeah. but Hutto is no Dwayne. Yeah, well, I think what it is, is when the game gets a bit
0: dull, that's when mm. both Howie and Hutto tend to try a few yeah. tricks. Now, this sounds like a pre-prepared one. This is from the uh, the Bombers-D's game.
1: In the nick of time, but Stringer! He's no second Stringer, is he? He wants to get in on the act.
0: <sighs> oh, <laughs> you don't like that
2: one. You gave keys to the city a pass, second Stringer no good. Well, the problem is that I expect better from Huddo. Yeah. Like Alistair Nicholson never heard of him two weeks ago, so like yeah. I don't have high expectations, whereas I've been a Hutto fan for 20 years, but I just don't like – I don't think this is his area. I feel like keep it straight, Huddo. A couple of years
0: ago uh, I was down in Melbourne during preseason and I went to visit Morabin and chatted to a few people while I was down there and I saw Anthony Hudson down there and it created a bit of amongst the kind of Saints media department because they're like, why is there a journalist down here? Is something happened? We need to know. And so the media head of the media department went over and Hutto was like, oh, no, no, I'm just, you know, down here just sort of getting familiar with the plays and stuff. And I saw him writing in his notebook and I wonder if he was just sitting there just coming up with like, well, if this happens, I can say King of the
2: Mountain. If this happens, thanks for the memories. You know, if this happens, I can say... You think that he has to be inspired by those things live? He can't just yeah. look at a sheet of people's <laughs> names and come up
0: with those things? No, that was definitely a pre-prepared one. Um, BT was characteris- uncharacteristically um, quiet over the weekend. Now, I bring up this highlight not because it was a great pun. I bring it up because just listen to the dead air it elicits from his co-commentators. Great. This is from Friday Night. And I was just, you mentioned Fox on Martin, JB. has mentioned that I was... Watching Fox then, and he is wearing Martin like a glove at the moment. It's the most dangerous man inside this Ford 50 from a Sydney point of view. He's almost out foxing him.
2: Like it's nothing. They called off the game. (laughs) They turned the lights off like at the (laughs) cover.
1: Yeah, that's right. It was just like.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. We'll, we'll leave an edit point. JB <laughs> could not never muster and oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Brian's
0: uh, lost it. Oh, no. It's time for Brain Dwayne.
1: Brain, brain, brain
0: Dwayne. A bit like BT, I don't think Dwayne was in great form. I mean, I watched two games that he commentated and was only able to pull, like, three. Normally there's, like, hundreds. Um, first of all, there's a remix of an old standard. So we know that that Dwayne has a go-to when he's uh, uh, boosting up a young player. It sounds a bit like this. And Philippe
1: beat him to it. He's had front spot for the kid. Looks good.
0: The kid looks good. So he's put a bit of spin on that. This is uh, him commentating on Harry Sheasel's goal.
1: He's never kicked a goal. He loads up from just inside the arc. How good is this kid? <laughs> How good is this?
2: I mean, you could really just package up a lot of his commentary and it would make a really terrible like transcript. <laughs> It'd just be really who is this guy? He's always commentating how good our kids, kids look, good. look <laughs> good. And they're good looking and you're a good kid. <laughs> good kid. Check out this kid. <laughs> how good's this kid going? Then there's this w- weird
0: bit of commentary. So um Dane was Dwayne, gonna Dwayne, Dwayne Zorko. Dane Zorko. Um uh-huh. Do you know what his nickname is? Like, what, how is how is he referred to? Like, can you think of it? Zorks. Okay. Well, this is what Dwayne said, and I've never heard this before.
1: Kicks the monster. Does the zork, the magician.
2: Kicks the zork, the zork, like the Bond, the zork. <laughs> I thought because he, I thought he <laughs> had at some stage been rocking like the um, the the amazing Zorko or something like that. Like he'd been giving in that one.
0: Ah, right.
2: But, but the Zork. Well,
0: because I, I, I'm i not sure if you heard yeah. it, but he says the Zork, he's a magician. So the great oh, Zorko yeah. makes sense to me now. But I just heard that. I'm like, the Zork? <laughs> I've never heard <laughs> Dane Zorko. I've, I've never referred to the Zork. The
2: great Zorko referred to as the Zork. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, the Fonz.
0: <laughs> but we finally got some vintage Dueno. Now, you mentioned oh, before yes. that um, Kelly made a, a berry pun. Well, I think Dueno topped her with this one. Go, <laughs> and to me, that works because that was off yeah. the cuff because it was a wild right. like kick out of the pack and so he had to inbro on this one. A wild berry hook, Dueno. Beautiful work Yeah, well that's that that's what separates Duane from the rest. Yeah, he can do it on the fly. Hey, well, let's go into the mailbag. Um uh, 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 this is uh, from Keegs wants to know what was going on with that Hardwick pre-game marijuana chat it was a very bizarre interaction as we stated i think it was great i think this is the dimmer we like the dimmer who who do- doesn't back down doubles down and uh, i think the reaction from Gary Lyon and J- and John O'Brown that was the that was the weird part of the interaction
2: yeah i i love it the more i don't understand why people don't want coaches to be fun like, you know, there's there's all these calls that Alistair Clarkson's having too much fun and we've got to stop that and we, we can't have him having fun on the boundary line and doing all these sort of things. Like, I love Dimmer. I love that bit where the coaches, did you see that Jason Dunstall was on some list of most eligible bachelors that the Herald Sun put out this week? Yeah, and they were
0: all just going him about like, it. Like,
2: all the coaches would just go him about <laughs> yeah. it. Like Matthew it, was mentioned, uh, it was Jason oh, yeah. Dunstall's chompers moment. And, like, literally the coaches, like Nick's, like Voss, they're all mentioning it. And I'm like, this is fun. This is gather round, guys. We're all having a good time.
0: (laughs) Now, did you see there was a cheeky Jack moment in the uh, uh, Saints-Pies game where – uh, he had a free kick and he was on his back with the ball and he put his hand up to Ben Patton to get like an assist, to get to his feet, and Ben Patton just let him lie there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Stay Lucky, made the observation, is I think Cheeky Jack looks like the kind of guy who would withdraw his hand yep. through his hair if yep. he tried to help
2: him <laughs> <up."> <laughs> Yeah, 100%.
0: <laughs> Which I reckon <laughs> yeah. Ben Patton, ben Patton pl- played that exactly right. Don't help yeah, him up. He's just gone, I'm not, I'm not falling for this shit. <laughs> uh Mangori Ann says, Himmelberg made up for a lot of rubbish by the Giants. Do you think... Jay Logan can get form back. Who's Jay Logan? I don't know. Is that
2: a player from the Giants? Please please don't ask us questions about the Giants. We can identify a half dozen of them. I think we're doing quite well.
0: Uh, Jay Katz wants to know, any comments on Joe Danaher's recent form? We sort of Mm. touched on this. He's playing good footy. Uh, You brought it up last week. It was the closest to football analysis we've ever gotten to this show where you said him going into the ruck has actually improved his game a heap. Just makes him play better. It seems to take off some of the pressure. He was was magnificent. Well, you're more instinctive in the ruck, right? Like he doesn't really have time to be Joe Danaher. He just has to sort of like either kick the ball or or get it down to a teammate or whatever. But even his goal-kicking – was good. He wasn't doing those weird kind of like round-the-corner kicks that he goes for, kicking drop punts and stuff. I mean, Joe's just going to be Joe. Like, Just let Joe be Joe. Uh, Jay Katz also wants to know, did you catch the story on Junk Time regarding the Cotchen sock scandal?
2: No. Do you know what that refers to? Oh, hang on. No, I listened listen to the co- Oh, so yes, uh, Trent Cochin and his partner have been involved in some sort of um, – they have a sock business. And the sock business has inspirational sayings on it, which I think is, yeah, to balance out the demon sniper he has become on the football field. (laughs) He's got to put some positive affirmations out into the world to contrast with the things that he whispers in opponents' ears. Uh, Snert wants to know, is the excitement of
0: finally being competitive uh, at all like, hang on, is, it, is excitement finally being competitive tempered at all by having to watch the most boring team in the comp every week? Is he talking about the Saints there? Uh, if you are, no, I like it. I because we we don't we're not boring. We played a two teams who play a high pressure game. That was just the the nature of the game. But we've played
2: fast attacking football prior to that. Yeah, I mean, I I had somebody say to me yesterday, uh, and I'll like will oh. name who it is that they won't mind I'm sure Tommy Little uh, was watching the Collingwood Saints game Pies fan Tommy Pies Little Pies fan uh, Tommy Little and he was watching it backstage at the theater that we're sharing at the moment and uh, um he was saying Ross Lyon's the worst thing that's happened to football like coming back making the game so boring and I'm like he hasn't though like he did in this game that was the tactic they clearly took in to shut down Collingwood's run but if you're not going into a Coll- if you're going into a Collingwood game not thinking about how you shut down Collingwood's run then you're not doing your job properly because if you try to go head to head with Collingwood playing Collingwood's game, that you're in a lot of trouble.
0: But also, both coaches were coaching the exact same way. They like to go through the corridor. We shut the corridor down. We like to go to the wings. They shut the wings down. So it was to, it
2: was yeah. a stalemate until one team broke through. And then at yeah, people the it it we'll c- like complain that you're like making them not play as well. <laughs> Are you happy with that? Are you happy with the way that you didn't let us play as well as we normally play? Yeah, we are. That's the whole point of what we're trying to do.
0: Uh, podcast, Mike, can we just get you back on, mic for a second? This question is for you. This is from uh, Kurt Schultz. Um, when will Mike start taking credit for the Bombers' success?
1: Already did. I did. I Already said it did, before. Yeah. I'm their lucky yeah. charm.
2: Yeah, I, okay. I mean, right. about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> I <don't> believe. <laughs> Depending up.
1: when you're listening to the pod. But, yeah, I, I do think... I do think I am the Essendon Lucky Charm. So see you at the grand final, Kirk. <laughs> Kirk.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Every Bomber supporter out there is like, shut up. <laughs> You johnny come lately I know we've got
2: a Moz as a mascot, <laughs> but you are putting the Moz on the team right now. No, it's the opposite, man. They need a bit of this positive new energy. This is a fresh face at Essendon. It's what they've needed. See, we always know the problem with Essendon. It's the, the factions, the coterie. It's the history of, like, Essendon, where it's like we've got some fresh new blood. It's not the coaches or the players. It's,
0: <laughs> it's the supporters. Uh, Tambair says, you guys coming together around in 2024. I mean, that would be awesome. I'd love to go to gather
2: around. Probably a bad time of the year. It's on during the comedy festival for me, which is so terrible timing because there was a few times this weekend that I was thinking, because basically it's just the Adelaide Fringe for football. And like going there for the Adelaide Fringe when all the comedians are in town, like it's such a fun time. You can go around to different shows. You can enjoy the city. And it, and you know this, you've spent time in South Australia working. It's Adelaide is such a great city to put something into because it's easy to get around. It's easy to get from place to place because it is quite like you know, a smaller city, everything does get concentrated. So it has that real carnival feel to it. Like, I think it would be great to go to. I've got to be honest with you. Although apparently flights were insane. Like there was people,
0: I know that there's a, a few people trying to get to it at the last minute. It was like, they had to fly like to Perth yeah. to go to then get a flight to Adelaide. If you're coming from the East coast. So would need to be organized.
2: There's other things. Yeah, You have to be organized to do it. Like, I think that the other thing that they've got to do is work out what they do with double games because the only thing that I thought was a real disappointment of the round was firstly that the weather affects the quality of the, the ground after a while if you're just playing that many games. But also I hated that Saturday afternoon one where it was just empty. Even though it was a sold out game, it was empty because the Port fans just didn't come until the Port game. And I just think yeah. you'd you, you think there's a way that you can have the stadium full for all the games. That's that That would be my... That's my note. Stadium full for all games or just spread
0: them out more. Yeah. So like and I think the scheduling of the actual games in terms of the the teams they got like Frio and, and Gold Coast playing, you know, out at Norwood or whatever was makes sense because they're the ones that are going to get smaller crowds and stuff. So I think you just I think this is a
2: good first year and then they'll they'll learn a lot for next year. Yeah. Well, they're talking about like, you know, playing at Glenelg and some other places as well. Like, you know, and I love I love that idea of like injecting a bit of money into these you know, more regional, like, facilities that serve the community generally. Like, you know, you get them right for a game of AFL, but for the rest of the time that then serves the community. that, That all feels like good stuff to me. Yeah, I'm all for that.
0: Um, all right. Well, that is Two Guys, One Cup for this week. Uh, don't forget our tips come out on a Thursday. A little mini pod comes out on Thursday. And if you have Instagram, we do a video version on Instagram. You can find more podcasts that we do at tofop.com. And Will has shows this week. Is
2: that right? Oh, yeah, true. Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's my fa- it's my final week of that. And uh, if you listen to this outside Victoria, if you are in uh, Sydney, if you are in Brisbane, if you are in Perth um, – Uh, I am coming to all those places to do my show, Townsville, Sutherland Shire, a whole bunch of other places as well, comedy.com.au. Will's doing his very own gather round,
0: a comedy gather round in every city in Australia. I've already done Adelaide though, got in early, did my gather round there, and so (laughs) not coming back for that. All right, we'll be back next week. Play on, not 15. Bye.
1: in 100 years That shit house If you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well-researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one car.
2: Listener